I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. We got a really exciting guest today. Um, I, I know this man just from interacting with him out there in, in the gloom, but also had the chance to uh, enjoy one of uh, what I would call the world's greatest breakfast burritos uh, he made for the launch of, of one of our sites. Um, and I've also had just a, a ton of great conversations with him about uh, leadership and parenting and how do we just uh, get better at, at being a man uh, for our family. So grease fire. Uh, great to have you on and um, take us back uh, to the beginning. How, how did it all start? Who EH'd you and uh, how'd you get the name Greasefire? Great to be here. Well, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say the burritos are the best in the world, but thank you. Uh, I will humbly accept that compliment. But um, how did I get here? We were, I was sitting at a friend's uh, cancer remission party, uh, IB cancer party. So, sitting there and our kids are being crazy and this guy chimes in about how we should make them do burpees and that's going to be the way we get our kids to stop running around being crazy kids and he should be the one to judge whether or not they're good because he works out with these guys that do burpees all the time so biff sitting there and my wife chimes in and goes hey when do you work out and they're like well in the morning with a bunch of guys and all of it's laying, lining up for things that I've wanted to do in the past. And my wife's like, yeah, Chris will be there next week. I'm like, all right, I guess we're going next week. So I got the vote of confidence and the yes vote from the wild. I dove in all the way, which kind of took her by surprise. But uh, the next Tuesday, I was on a Saturday and the next Tuesday at Cornhusker. Um, Went for a slow ride up the Pacific uh, Pack Life parking garage over there. And, uh, yeah, that was monkey humpers all day long. And uh, showing Genesis Health Club or whoever it is over there how amazing they could be working out outside and doing great things like OES. But, yeah, um, that was first post. Um and I try to recreate that amazingness for people every year. So throwing some humpers in there every time I can. But uh, the name, I was really, uh, really out of shape. So I couldn't really breathe and I couldn't really think. And I was like, yeah, I'm a dad. got some kids. got a wife. And I work at the university in the kitchen. And that was about all I could think of. So they went with working in a the kitchen. They called me Grease Fire. So Luckily, I haven't had too many of those in my life, but we've had some doozies when they come up. Well, I didn't know if the actual sound, uh, the whoosh that follows your name of Greasefire, I didn't know if that was a, a byproduct of your first, your first post where you couldn't breathe and you were coming in and, and huffing so much, or that it just kind of evolved over time. <clears throat> was a, like, Douglas County thing. 
and then it started to catch on like as I started moving around and stuff people started doing it more and more everywhere so it's, it's kind of moved everywhere when you were just started out it's just like a really located thing in the west side UNO exarban area and now it's kind of blown up all over so yeah it wasn't something I did it wasn't something that started out that way but it's pretty fun it's funny on, on how people sort of get those those call signs and names and, and, and the sound effects that goes with them. What I did want to back up to something that you said about how how your wife uh, or your M kind of yeah essentially thrusted you in this position of yeah he's going to attend. Uh, it, you know that's kind of atypical. I think um, you know with my M it's more of a I'm begging and pleading to go. So it's it's kind of interesting to hear that she thrust you in this position. I, I guess what do you think was the thought behind that? Um, the thought behind that was I had been off and on, so kind of going into my fitness journey here. So I, I was a college athlete at one time, uh, and then, uh, stopped playing athletics, but did not stop eating. Like I had played athletics. So I went from being a fit and trim offensive lineman to being a extremely overweight and huff and puff and dad. Um, so those first couple workouts uh, were were almost killed me. I couldn't even run across the what is it Elmwood Park up there for the first couple uh, trips around that we did up there. So first times at Woodshed, I couldn't even run across the park. But um, so it's just been something we talked about. There's been a couple times where I got together with a couple buddies <coughs> previously, and I do it early in the morning and they weren't really in the fitness thing. They just wanted to hang out and stuff like that. But, um, we'd always talked about me getting into working out and getting into better shape. And part of my journey through addiction and things like that, I'd go on early morning walks and take the dog and kind of got out of that as the kids got older. Um, but it just kind of migrated in this thing where, we knew that I had talked to her about accountability with the group and having more than just myself going was a good thing to have for me. Um, the pressure of having people say, Hey, you're going to be here. Right. So that was a good thing for me. And uh, she's just kind of, she's definitely the more vocal of the two of us. Um, but I, I don't think she was quite ready for me to jump in as hard as I did when I did. Uh, she was, She's like, yeah, he'll do it. And then about a couple months later, she's like, wait a minute, you're going like every day and then you want to go another day and then another day. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, it's kind of fun. And she's like, but I never see you. So how about we talk more about this and not jump in quite so hard. So like so many people, that's been an ongoing conversation in our household about how many days and what days and what days not to and what it looks like as a whole whether it's show up, run, beat down coffee for an hour and a half after a beat down, or if it's, you know, hey, you can go run today, but you got other responsibilities or let's chill out at home for today. But. Man, I, that's, uh, you're right. Cause it, it is the ongoing conversation, you know, I know, especially for, for me, but um, how do you feel like, you know, as you're, because you talked about, you know, you, you were a, an athlete and then kind of lost track of fitness and then came in and 
Um, and also some elements of maybe like an addictive personality. So like, how, how have you managed that? Cause you obviously have some goals, right. To get back to a certain level of fitness, but trying to do that while, I mean, what's been your, your strategy? Is it just communication or what, what have you found that works? We continually talk about it. And it's one of those, um, paying attention to days that are important, um, for her, um, she often ends up like, especially this fall, <clears throat> And when I'm busy at work, she's the one that manages, she's, she's the manager, communicator of our household and things like that. And so she makes sure people get where they need to and where the schedule stays flowing. So the days that are especially busy, like if the kids have to get to school early or something like that, I try to make sure that I can be there for that. Um, and then also my kids have chimed in in the past with like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Like you leave really early and then you get home really late from work. And when do I ever get to see you? So those have been days where it's like, like, okay, if I'm working late, I gotta, I can't go to, in order to help my kids know, know what's going on and feel like they're still connected. Um, I can't just be going everywhere, but there's also times like when I get super busy at work, like, I just have to come. I just, I know that there's, I have to get some sort of movement and exercise a couple of times within the week just to maintain some sense of stability. But yeah, early on, it was a huge addiction. Like it was hugely addictive and like just the rush of like getting out and moving and how good that made me feel. Um, like so many other things, it's just a matter of how does that fit into life and finding those little ticks of joy elsewhere. Well, you know what, I, I did want to highlight something. I actually think I remember one of your COTs, you bringing up this issue where you're opening up to the group, hey, you know, here's the struggle I'm facing with my family right now. Hey, I, I dove all in and now I'm having to kind of pull back a little bit. And what does that look like? And so I commend you for, you know, kind of opening up and, and putting that into practice. I guess, did you feel like by opening up to the group and the COT, it, it just added a level of accountability or, or, or what were your thoughts there? Uh, I think it's something we all struggle with. Um, but it, it's, um, it, it let, it lended itself to accountability, but on the other side, and it also allowed for, um, some clarity. Cause I know that there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that you see, you know, the question comes up, like, why don't people post as much as they used to? Like, this guy came out and posted for two weeks, and now he doesn't post, or this, the, this, that, and the next thing. Um, and with as big as we are and as far-reaching as we are, um, if you're not sitting there watching 10 videos a day, you may not know that people are showing up and stuff like that. So <clears throat> it's just kind of a level of accountability for me and a way to um, reach out to people that I know – I may not always see all the time or I may not always be in constant communication with that. Like, Hey, this is, this is something that, yeah, this is important to me, but at the same time, I also have this concentrica that is really important to me as well. And that's like through my, through recovery, um, my recovery started 10 years into my marriage. And so part of that is fighting for my family, fighting against myself, 
for the good of my family. And part of me living third and living in that servant attitude is that it's not all about me. Man, I, I think that's phenomenal. And I, I admire you for just sharing that. Cause I, I think, um, we never know what another guy's going through or has been through or what their goals are. And, and I, I can remember at times where I had to drop down to one, you know, post a week and now I'm back to four and I was at six and, you know, and, and so just the waxing and waning, but I'm, I'm right there with you that um, if I'm not fighting for my family, you know, I, I could, I could lose it and I'm not willing to do that. Um, which, which, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's just, it's cool that you're willing to share that story. Um, I am curious though, so just to kind of clarify for people, um, remind me, how many kids do you have? I have two kids, uh, 12 and nine. It's a professor and a little chef. So, yeah. so you, and you brought them out, right? And how, how has that been? Cause I, I, you know, I think, um, for somebody that just had, that has girls, you know, I can't necessarily bring them out, but I, I still get the question, right. Of like, we're not seeing you enough, you know, but has that helped at all? Or what's that been like for you? Um, it does help. It does help sometimes uh, just for them. They actually ask more than actually ask to come out more than I'm willing to bring them out uh, just because of school and the way it <clears throat> affects them waking up at four thirty, five o'clock to come to a beat down. And, Selfishly, there's times where I can't do the things I want to because um, they can't, not that they can't, um, but there's the likelihood of them going through two beatdowns in a row or doing a pre-run and then a beatdown. Um, they get a little tired about that stuff. So just managing like what that looks like for them too. Um, but they, they love it. And uh, it actually, Professor does cross country now because he came out to beat downs and stuff like that. And he's, that is his, he loves running and that's his thing to just get it out. And so that's where he, he got it from F3. So um, I know that we had a discussion one time in the site queue uh, zoom that we had one time about whether or not we should bring 2.0s and how we should limit that and things like that. And my philosophy has been if I have influences in my life that I think are good. Why would I not want to expose my kids to those? And especially in a time when they're going through those same things. Like um, I can look back to times when I was 12 and nine and see how those instances and moments led directly to the situation and my addiction where I almost lost my family. So why would I not want to start my kids out with a better base than I had and know that, Hey, you're not alone in this journey. There's a ton of other people out there with you. Um, and your dad, I mean, I've had discussions with my kids that like, you know, if you're in trouble, come to me and I may not always be able to handle it, but I have people around me and I have a God that I can look to that's going to handle things bigger than me. So it's not just about you. And if I have to ask for help and I'm expecting you to ask for help, these are the people that we can ask for help. Preach brother. I love that. <laughs> I think that's great. And that, you know, I think that's the hope, right? It's like, you know, wouldn't it be great if our kids didn't have to wait until they were in their 
thirties to and go through an addiction to find out they need community, they need people, and and they need to have a faith. You know, I yeah, yeah, I, I love that. So so I guess the other question I have for you is, ha what have you seen as far as progress on your kind of first step or fitness journey? I've seen a lot of progress in it. Um, I had, I mean, obviously, I I am in a better physical standpoint in that I can actually run across Elmwood Park now. Uh, <clears throat> doing 5Ks and stuff like that. But um, just in terms of general overall health is a lot better. Um, I've done queen service and things like that before. And you talked about the addictive personality and there's times where when I do queen service and I set a goal, um, it got to the point where I would be on the scale like three times before I left to go to work to see where I was at and I'd get home and I'd, weigh myself before I ate and then I weigh myself afterward and I'd be like, Oh, I'm not where I want to be. And this isn't da da da. And so that addictive personality just kind of, if I let it takes over. So I really stepped away from a lot of that, those kind of things. Um, just because I have that, I know that it's a trap for me where I just get locked into having to hit a goal rather than, um, managing my expectations of where I'm at and what is good um but i also learned a lot of habits out of that like what's good for me in terms of um helping me lose weight and get in a better place but i also know that it's not all about weight and so i mean i've lost 50 pounds since i started almost 60 pounds since i started f3 so i'm in a much better place to meet the goal of being around for my grandkids and hopefully my great grandkids rather than hoping that I can keep up with my kids when they're trying to do things. So. Man, that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, you should be so proud of that. I love that. I, you know, I think um, the other thing and I, you're um, I feel like you're telling some of my story cause I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, if I have a goal or a number, I will focus so much on that number that I, I miss all of the other great stuff. Uh, yeah. going on. You know, one of the things right now, my I'm chasing a, goal to run 1500 miles in the year and I'm, and I'm 500 miles away from that and it's October. Uh, so <laughs> I either need to run uh, a half marathon every day or I need to just recalibrate the goal. Right. Um, Cause it's not going to happen. And I, and I just, I will get angry and frustrated on days when I'm overly focused on that. And, um, and it's good to know, right. Not everybody thrives in a, in a program where the, the goals and numbers are so, so specific, but um Talk to me a little bit, because you mentioned community, you mentioned accountability, kind of brotherhood. What's been your experience with, with the second F as you've come into the group and maybe shared your story or found other guys that you relate to? What's, what's been your experience there? Uh, the second F was really the fellowship piece is a piece that I crave the most about uh, F3. And it was really like what I crave the most about working out. Um, and even like some of my um, recovery journey, like the, the pieces that I found, um, the groups that I went to that were supposed to be about fellowship and like helping to learn those things, uh, I was kind of jaded because some of those guys just kind of went through the steps and those were the more vocal guys. Uh, they just kind of showed up and they showed up to go through the steps rather than actually implementing what was happening or just to like cross off a you know, I got to do this. So I'm going to be here and I'm going to cross it off. And 
check mark done moving on to the next thing so i can get back to where i want to be um and i saw that happen a lot but in f3 the fellowship piece that's come along with that is the ability to just like know that people are going to be there um you know shortly after i started nugent and frosty pulled me out into like hey we're going to come run at future on this day are you going to come with us and it wasn't are you it's like you're going to come with us right and i was like okay i guess i'll be there so <laughs> uh that really kick-started a lot for me because I, I wasn't a big coffee person because when I worked, um, I used to have to be to work at 7, so getting done at 6.30, 6.15 uh, really cut short the amount of time I could do coffee. Um, but I, that was a huge part of the second F for me, just that time to um, connect and communicate with people, whether it was, hey, what are you going to do? uh moving forward or where are you at on this or something like that just being able to dig deeper and know that there was somebody there to listen or when i'm running with plague a few times that we've run and he just talked and it was, it was good and and i got out a couple yes because that's all i could get out and it was great and you know just knowing that somebody else is going through it with you whether they're feeling the exact same pain you are or just knowing that they're doing the same thing you are. So, Man, yeah. I'm I'm noticing a trend. trend. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just I'm noticing a trend in in kind of my you know uh, people running with me and me doing all the talking and and you know slow pitch. I'll think this is funny. My word for the year last year was supposed to be listen, uh, <laughs> which I don't know how I'm doing. Aren't you, aren't you reading a book? What uh, what is the philosophy of the book? Don't oh, speak if you're not going to add any, or if you're just speaking to add something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, but I should. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, well, I just want to back up, because you're right. When you were at UNO, I mean, you were posting there at the woodshed all the time. I remember, I mean, I was a site queue at the time. I remember seeing you. I remember seeing you when you first started, and I've, I've seen exponential growth for sure. But you and, and a couple others are in this unique position where you've actually transitioned jobs, right? Um, yep. while you posted and, and maintain posting and, you know, your, your new job is taking you out to pack, pack springs further out West. Um, I, I don't know where you live, but I, did that change your, your routine? And then if so, I'm kind of curious on how it kind of changed your interaction with the second F and where you find yourself posting at new sites and interacting with new guys. Um, talk us through that a little bit. So that's, that's interesting. Cause I live in Gretna. So, my first three months I posted really hard around UNO just cause I wasn't sure what the timing was going to look like and things like that. And then, uh, in January, as part of the ongoing conversation with my M of 20 to January, the 21, I made a concerted effort to try to post more in Sarpy County. Uh, so I could get an extra 10 minutes of sleep and still get to workouts and things like that. Um, it didn't, for me, uh, it didn't really take hold because I had such a strong community. I mean, I was developing community in Sarpy County, but I said, had such that committed and hard like community in the Exarban and Elmwood area that it, it was really hard for me personally to pull away from that. Um, I just kept getting drawn back to it just because people be like, hey, you're going to come do this? You're going to come here? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll be there. So, um, I moved around a lot in terms of like where I was at and what I've tried to do and how I've tried to do things. 
Um, but it goes back to the, uh, it's just everywhere I go, it's the same, same feeling. If I would, if I could stick with it for three or four months, I'd probably develop the same kind of relationships that I had, you know, in those other places everywhere. Um, but there's, there's always something going on. Like there was, uh, that January <clears throat> I was trying to do kind of like a unofficial khakis challenge where I got around all the different sites. And for some reason in Thursday, Othello had scheduled, um, people that mattered to me at Futurama every Thursday in February. So I was like, well, well screw this. I guess I'm just going to, be a future guy for the rest of the year but um but i moved around and things like that so it's it's been a it's been a journey um where that second f has really pulled me uh back to some of my old haunts but it's also allowed me to get out and know new people so Man, I, yeah, I, it's interesting too. You mentioned the khakis challenge. Right now, we're almost so big that's that's a two month uh, <laughs> deal if you really wanted to try it, right? So, do you think do you when you're deciding, you know, hey, where am I going to post tomorrow? You're going based off of those guys, maybe in your shield lock or kind of you know somebody you, you yeah. care about queuing. Yeah, usually it's a um, it's kind of a queue thing, or uh, if I don't have a place set down, I, I'm kind of settling on like four or five places that are pretty close to where I live. So, um, I can get back home and sometimes it's a timing issue too. So like, um, if my kids got to go, usually my kids got something early on Wednesdays and Fridays. So if I got to, if I want to help get the kids off school on Wednesday and Friday, just take some pressure off, I'll go to an earlier start site or a site that's closer to home and, <clears throat> not be so worried about some of the other stuff i think this is just such an interesting topic and especially because of the growth that we're seeing within within the organization right um i know for me personally it i've gotten to the point where i don't even know who's on the queue <laughs> look i'm just going based off of what's close to my house and what days am i posting that week um but then there's this other conversation that we have amongst our shield lock hey should we make concerted efforts to go to other locations and support those locations and sure right i mean we should be doing those things we should be meeting other people but then what about the balancing act of well your community is like typically what's closest to you so it's it's tough i mean and i don't think there's a right answer it's uh some combination of all all maybe i don't know but that's yep. something we constantly talk about i think it goes back to that um so for me when i started stormbreaker i kind of had the idea that I was just going to have a different guy do it all the time or try to get different guys to do it all the time and pull in a bunch of guys from all over the city. And then I read read to lead about the same time that pony did. And so nice. <laughs> I know it's nice when I had to lead it and it's kind of like, Hey, if you're going to lead the discussion, you better actually like read the thing. So um, I read through it then and uh, it really focused on like the small community aspect of it and that, you know, we, we open these small workouts for invigoration of male community leadership and how um, not that we shouldn't pull people from other sides, but at the same time, like there's a reason that Stormbreaker is where Stormbreaker is. And that's to 
help develop leaders in that area. And so what does that community look like and how does that um, play out in terms of who's leading the site in terms of who's leading the beat down that day. Um, and so I kind of changed philosophy after that and kind of went to who's showing up here, whose leaders down here that these guys look to who's here in this area, you know, who's showing up every, you know, week. And so I ended up having over the course of the summer, I had guys that I'd only had queue maybe once, but they ended up queuing three and four times over the course of the summer, just cause I was like, Hey, we got a small group of guys here and we keep showing up. So you guys are going to take over this. Uh, you guys are the ones that are going to take it and lead it. Well, it's great. And, you know, it's, it's quite the humbling experience to, to be able to, to start a site um, for sure. Um, not a lot of the guys get to say that. And then to successfully keep it alive, I guess, um, until you bring someone else in to, to take the group over. Those are all, you know, things that you have in common with other people we've spoken with. I guess curious about your transition kind of out of leadership. Um, I don't think leadership necessarily stops just because you pass the flag off, but I mean, it can change. You're no longer throwing people on the calendar. You're not bugging people for their info when they're at FNGs and stuff like that. But what has been your experience since transitioning out? Uh, that was one thing like end of July and through probably early September that I was struggling with just in terms of like the personal, like, I don't want to say personal boost, but like the, the ego boost that came with me in a site, site queue, you know, and then the, the humility of hand, handing it off to somebody else that they were supposed to take over. I will say there's some, like, you get a little bit of political clout that you get to throw around. Oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the yeah. site queue here. What, whether <laughs> it actually means anything or not, but yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, you know, it sounds really cool. So it makes you feel good. But um, going back to uh, what I think really pushed me into being a site queue and help people like what people saw in me and what I feel like is my real calling. Um, I am the state, like part of my thing behind Stormbreaker is when we started it, uh, Sarpy was known for being a bunch of runners. And even now when I run a nine minute mile, I'm still a six. So, and breathing, like I'm running with plague, but they still kill me. But where it was a place where somebody could come and they don't have to run that nine minute mile. They can be the six everywhere else, but when they come to Stormbreaker, they're they're not gonna be left behind, right? Not that they're left behind anywhere else, but they're not gonna be left behind. It's it's a place where they just come and be themselves. Um and I think that that's one thing that I've really come back to is leading that six and being the person that um conscientiously and on my heart is that person in the back that I want to bring up and I want to let them know that they're still seen. Um, because I think that that's one thing that happens in the, it happened for me a lot. I mean, being the last one picked necessarily, I wasn't always the most athletic guy, but you know, last one picked or last one, you know, always the guy at the end um, gets left behind and that can have some real effects on whether or not you come back the next time. And sometimes just having that guy to run with you or just stick with you, even if it's half a step ahead of you, at least they're there with you. <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I love that. And I, because I think picking up the six is something that we 
um, <laughs> it's easy to forget about, especially if the whole group is running at a certain pace and then, you know, but you got to make sure like if a new guy shows up, right. So we got to, somebody's got to stay behind. And so I think we've seen a lot of these, especially like the Murph is one of those workouts that's really intimidating, <laughs> especially for a guy that's never done this before. So I, I love that. And just a comment on your, you know, kind of the previous discussion about proximity, right? Uh, impact is, uh, you know, the statement from Q source, right? For, forcible contact is proximity initiated by movement and proximity is really required for any sort of impact we're going to have on a, on a sad clown. And so I, I do think, yeah serving the people in that community is, is key. I, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times and um, I know faith is a huge part of your, your journey. Um, and I want to, I want to uh, get your thoughts on, on faith, but also curious if you'd be willing to share uh, maybe your, your journey through addiction recovery, if that's something you're willing to share um, and just kind of how, how faith and, and all of that ties together for you. Yeah. So uh, my, my addiction is uh, not the typical drugs and alcohol kinds of things, but it is a, a relational one in terms of uh, sex and pornography. Um, there was one point in my life where I probably spent uh, more time than anybody would care to admit staring at a computer. Um, I would, when my son was first born, we'd sit down and we'd watch uh, backyardigans he would watch backyardigans and i'd be flipping through my phone so um just that disconnect with what was going on there um and there was a family friend that died suddenly uh, in 2015 that really shook me in terms of legacy that one person can have on people uh we went to her funeral and she packed the, packed the church um, standing room only. There's tons of people from all over the place that like, Hey, you know, you really made a huge impact in my life. And I'd never heard of these people and she was my wife's best friend. So all these people from all over the city and the state that just had been impacted by her and her family. Um, and I sat down after that funeral and I was like, I don't even know if my wife would show up at my funeral if she wasn't my wife. Um, and so the impact that I was not having on people really sat with me in terms of where I was putting my emphasis and what was important to me. Uh, it really showed that what I said was important was not really what was important to me. Um, so through that, I ended up shifting and reading a couple books. I read John Eldridge. I read, uh, every man's battle and a couple of those things, but I ended up actually spending four or five hours a day. I'd, I'd take the time that I was spending looking at pornography and I would invest it in my family. And when I couldn't invest in my family anymore, I'd turn around and invest it in listening to sermons and Bible studies. And I think if you looked at my Bible since then, I've had, I have more doodles and notes in the sides of my Bibles in the last five years than I had in the 32 years previously to that. So um, <clears throat> really invested in that relationship. Um, and overall that ended up being a two year process to really um, get out of that in between my wife and what it did to my relationship with her and how it affected her. And um how it affected me. And so that's 
there was a point where I was no longer in the house and I could not have any influence on my kids. And so that was huge for me to not have any influence on my kids that I was given charge over. Um, so through some other things, we, uh, we ended up having a huge reconciliation and we had some people over to our house that, uh, my wife had a really weird spiritual experience one night. Um, and we had some friends over that come and came and prayed over our house. Uh, it was, we had a counseling session that night where we couldn't even sit on a love seat together and be within proximity of each other just because of what was going on between us. Uh, but in the matter of two hours of these guys praying over our house, we were able to stand in our front living room and hug each other and, you know, discuss some really hard topics. So, uh, Faith is a huge thing for me. It's a huge thing for our family. And um, I'll talk about it if people want to. I know it's a really touchy topic. So, so I just try to live it out. And rather than uh, put it on blast for everybody. Um, but, yeah. So my faith walk has been one that has got me and my family through a lot of things that we would not have made it through on our own. So, man, I thank you so much for, for sharing that. I know we've had uh, a couple other guys share and, and hopefully if guys are listening, they don't, they don't miss, um, you know, kind of how, at least from my perspective, how, um, easy some of these things can start, right? It, it does, it takes just a couple times looking at something we know we shouldn't. And then, and then, you know, I, I, I didn't just start doing an eight ball of Coke a day. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> that's not how it starts. And so I think um, for guys, you know, if you're in a spot where you're maybe dabbling in, in some of these things, just to realize that, um, you know, it, it can be a really big deal. Uh, and even just, I would say just dabbling in some of that stuff is going to impact your marriage, whether you see it or not. Um, and just a shout out, um, we did a book study on every man's battle. Um, and I think Biff led that. And to be honest, that was the most attended book study uh, that we had done. Uh, and so, you know, it's clearly something that we're all aware of. And um, so I just love you bringing it to the forefront of something like, Hey, we can't, we can't overlook the importance of uh, talking about it as, as men um, and especially men that have uh, kids, right. That might, you know, yep. get the same type of thing. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. I, I love your story, man. Yeah, and I, I, did, I didn't want us to miss either his, his invitation, right? Hey, I'm willing to talk about it if you need to. I'm not going to belabor the point or I don't need to tell my story, but if what's resonating with you and you need to talk, it's an invitation to go talk to Greasefire. I love that. I appreciate that so much. Um, and I think that's a huge component of the third F is, yeah, it's everyone's kind of philosophy on, on how they're feeling in their spiritual walk. But then it's, okay, it's also a, an open invitation to, well, let me help you on your way. Or how can I help you on your way? So I really appreciate that, man, I do. Yeah. What would you say as you're thinking about your, you know, your journey, your story, and kind of how that applies to um, the way you were able, been, have been able to lead guys, either through Stormbreaker or other workouts? I mean, what have we, have we helped uh, provide leadership opportunities for you? Or what's been your experience there? You know, it's been, I actually led a COT on this, that like um, F3 has really helped me come into my own as a leader. 
um, I've never been a real vocal and loud person, but it has really given me a place to start to speak those things. Um, like I said before, it's still a thing with my wife and I, we're, we're still trying to, I'm still trying to come into my own and communicate what I need to with her. So she knows what's going on in my head. Um, I make a lot of plans in my head and they don't always come out on, <laughs> they don't always make the journey out, but, um, it's really given me a place to practice that uh, through COTs and other things and just leading workouts, um, giving unsolicited advice during pre-runs to guys about, you know, David Goggins can do it. You can do it too. Uh, whatever it is, but um, there's so many places that what, whether it's Stormbreaker or anything else, it was just the ability to get out there and do something that I haven't done before, but I had encouragement uh, from guys behind me to do it. So just that encouragement piece and the, hey, you can do this and this is something. Um, I'm one of the weird guys that I had an unofficial VQ and then I had what I call my official VQ, but I was supposed to help. I was supposed to coke you with Frosty and then he got sick. So slow pitch stepped in and I ended up doing the whole thing. Like it was slow pitches plan for the workout, but I ended up doing all the other stuff for it. So he's like, yep, your VQ is right here. And I was like, wait, no, this isn't my VQ. Uh, but we ended up having a whole bunch of guys there for it. So, uh, but just those kind of things where like somebody reaches out to me and is like, Hey, you're going to do this. Right. And I'm like, well, no, no, yeah, I guess I am. And I can do it because people behind me said, yeah, you can do this. And people had faith in me to step up and do it. And so those are the things that have really helped me step into my own as a leader. Well, I don't want to call on you and dip into this leadership well then, you know, um, part of the reason we did this podcast is to, to talk to guys who've transitioned out of leadership roles. Um, yep. to give some insight into some of the newer guys so they can see who the leaders were. I guess to encompass both of those, I'm looking for some advice that you'd give to the guy that may be tra transitioning out or has left a leadership role. So new guys stepping into leadership, um, lean into the people around you. Uh, there's somebody that puts you in that spot, whether it's a uh, first F person that stepped in um, and was like, hey, you can do this. Uh, or it's somebody that, you know, a site queue that stepped up and was like, Hey, your VQs this day, or, you know, when do you want to get on the queue schedule or whatever it is? Lean into those guys, if nothing else, or the guy that brought you out. Um, he may have set it up as a workout thing to get you out here, but there's a leadership piece in there too, that he knew that you could use and that you could excel. So there's, there's that piece. Um, and then transitioning out of leadership, I think that there's, I don't know that you ever transition out of leadership. I think that there's um, things that are instilled in you um, through having a moniker like Site Q or First FQ or Nantan or whatever it is that somebody, you know, puts in, puts in front of your name. And those aren't necessarily it's just a recognition of what's already there. Um, but seeing those things 
getting back to seeing what those things are uh, and really stepping into what got you to where you are. I think that that's where you can take the skills that you learned through your leadership opportunity and continue to push forward into those things that you've already been good at. You know, I think that um, sometimes we focus so much on making our weaknesses strengths uh, that we don't take the lessons that we learned from our weaknesses and add them to our strengths to make them stronger. So I'm not, I'm not going to be the vocal guy that runs around and does all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to be a six minute mile guy. There's some guys that might disagree with that and say that I could get there if I wanted to, I don't want to get there. Um, but I can take the lessons that I've learned uh, from more vocal guys or my time where I was asked to be more vocal. And I can take the lessons that I've learned from my times when I've been asked to push myself physically and I can take those and apply them to places where I know that I'm strong and that I can do things that I didn't think I could do before. Man, that's so well said. And, and you're spot on, right? I mean, this is the, the idea of like go deeper in, into that comfort zone and continue to grow on those things with, with all of the different ways you're learning. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's, Awesome advice. I, I am curious, you know, something that we um, has become my favorite uh, question is really um, maybe putting the focus back on you and trying to just learn where, where you're at today. What, you know, if a guy sees you out there uh, in the gloom, where could we be praying for you, giving you encouragement? Um, what's something we could be doing for you? Uh, right now. Um, where am I at? I am at a place, like I said, where I'm coming, coming off of that ego boost. Um, and I'm slowly starting to find my place again uh, in F3. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we all deal with. And with the job transition, um, I had a job transition this year. Uh, we're in the middle of a uh, religious home transition. Our, our church home closed in early spring and so we're in the middle of trying to find another place to kind of settle where you know what does that look like do we find a place that's important for my me do we find a place that's important for my wife do we find a place that our kids feel comfortable like what does that look like for our family um and just and giving up the flag and just finding all those different places that you know the the change is so good like change can be good sometimes right but at the same time it also brings with it a lot of like well, this was my comfort zone and now I'm not there anymore. So how do I fit into this next phase and where do I go next? Um, those are questions that always kind of flow. I mean, you could, you know, Christmas is coming. How do I fit into Christmas with my family and how does that look and all those kinds of things are, uh, but for me, that's probably my biggest thing is like, where do I, where do I fit in in the grand scheme? And how do I not get wrapped up in a name or a goal or a, a title or something like that, but I still allow those things to push me and make me better? Um, and how do, I, how do I continue to be a good PAX, but at the same time, still focus on my concentrica on my M and on my, on my kids, like, um, and not get caught up in 
the guys that are posting five, six days a week and doing all the things and traveling everywhere and doing all the stuff and, you know, knocking it out of the park in their lives and knock it out of the park in my life, you know? Yeah, man. I, yeah, we'll be praying for clarity, clarity, alignment, and focus, right? Um, something we can be praying for you on. You know, I, I do want to affirm, uh, just, just want to affirm you, Greasefire, when I hear your story, uh, I hear a man that has really strong faith and a guy who's been really resilient. Uh, I hear a story of an overcomer, um, and I also hear a story of a leader. Uh, and I do believe that you are all of those things. Um, so it's just, I'm, I'm really grateful just that we've had time to, to talk to you and learn uh, from you. And I, and I know for a fact that guys listening to this, um, all, all 10 of them, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> all of, all of the guys that take, take a yeah. chance to listen to this will really appreciate you just um, being honest and, and sharing your story. So just thank you. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, we will um, do a little name-a-rama. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. Start us off here. Brandon Cleary, 36, The Plague. The Plague. I'm John Lewis, 31, Pony Express. Pony. <laughs> hey. Uh, Chris Beathy, 38, Grease Fire. Grease Fire. <laughs> and we've confirmed that is the actual sound <laughs> of a Grease Fire. Yeah. Yes, it is. Awesome. Especially when you throw water on it, then it gets real nasty. Okay. <laughs> nice. I love it. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, this has been